Welcome to the EPMe.me show, where we get into the details of all things heart, rhythm, and ECG related with the best minds in cardiac electrophysiology. Hosted by David Ornstein. Hi, and welcome to episode four of the EPMe.me show. I'm your host, David Orenstein. I would like to thank you for all the feedback I've been getting, the likes and the shares and the comments below. If you missed last week's episode, we looked at home monitoring and its benefits in arrhythmia diagnosis. Today's episode is called VT or not. Yes, we again, looking at the usage of CRM, cardiac rhythm uh, management devices, in arrhythmia diagnosis and I'm going to present to you an interesting case of a patient that came in to us that was called a VT case. If you missed last week's episode which was looking at home monitoring and arrhythmia diagnosis you can click on the link above my head right now. You're going to notice I'm trying to make these uh, uh, podcasts slightly shorter just so it's more user-friendly. These were some of the requests I got from the audience. If you would like something different please, please, please comment and write it below. We would love to be able to address what you need. This is a show for you, the audience. Now let's move on. Today's episode is VT or not. It's an interesting case study that came from a patient that has a defibrillator. He's a male. He's 52 years old. He has had a previous heart attack and ischemic cardiomyopathy with reduced LV function, an ejection fraction of 30%. So he's been implanted with this defibrillator and he came into our clinic and we saw the following event. Now before I analyze this event, I just want you to have a look, take it in, enjoy it. And then we'll ask some questions on it and maybe analyze it together. So, after you've had this opportunity to take it in, I want to ask you some questions. Is it VT, ventricle tachycardia? Is it AT, atrial tachycardia? Is it an accessory pathway? Or is it AVNRT, AV node reentry tachycardia? Now you're thinking to yourself, It's a VT event. That's what the device called it. It's an algorithm. We don't need humans to interfere with the algorithms in the devices. They're all knowing. Well, let's look at the event again and see if they are so all knowing. So as you said, yes, it's a VT event. But my first red light that came on is that it said average atrial rate, 163 beats a minute. Average ventricle rate, 167 beats a minute. So we're already looking that one criteria which we know of for VT is that the ventricle rate is faster than the atrial rate and this isn't necessarily so. Now we're looking at our EGM and we're seeing that there seems to be three lines here or four lines on the event. We've got the atrial channel. Let me call up my uh, laser pointer. Okay, so we've got an atrial channel where we see the local electric signal in the atrium. We've got the ventricle channel where we see the local electric signal in the ventricles. Then we have the shock channel. What is that? 
that's showing us a discriminator. It's like a far field EKG. It's nice to look at it. It's kind of gives us a view of an EKG. It just helps point us in a certain direction. And then we have the marker channels where we see what the device was thinking. Okay, so let's have a look. So not all VTs really have to necessarily have more V signals to eight, uh, to, eight, uh, to atrium signals. V doesn't necessarily have to be bigger than A, even though it's quite common. So in this case, though, we're looking at a tachycardia where it seems to have some kind of one-to-one -one conduction of equal atrial and ventricle rates. Okay, now we see this tachycardia goes on and on below, and it continues. And because the device recognized it as VT, it gave it a therapy. What therapy did it give this time? Well, we can see down here on the mark channel, ventricle pacing. So it did an ATP, anti-tachycardic pacing in the ventricle to override the VT and stop it without having to give a shock. And we actually see here that it did pace the ventricle and the tachycardia did stop. So yes, the patient received a successful therapy. So it recognized it as VT, it gave it a therapy for VT in the ventricle, and it stopped the tachycardia. Is it VT though? Let's look in more detail. How does the tachycardia initiate? So let's go right to the beginning. We see we've got an A-sense, V-sense beat. Then we have a PVC, a premature ventricular complex here. And we see it being labeled on the marker channel. And that conducts up to the atrium. Okay, so we've got a ventricular premature beat. That's good for starting VT, but then it continues. And then we've got an A pace and V pace beat. So that premature ventricular beat did nothing. And then we have an A sense beat. And this A sense beat is conducted down to the ventricle. And that seems to be the first start of tachycardia. An A sense beat conducted down to the ventricle. Then it goes up again to the atrium and then another beat conducted down to the ventricle. And we see here, if we look very carefully, that the difference between this atrial to ventricle sensed event, the AV delay as we call it, is about one big square, so let's say about 200 milliseconds. And then the next atrial event that's conducted down to the ventricle seems to be more than one big square, maybe one and a half, so say 300 milliseconds. Oh, why has the AV delay changed? And then we've got atrium, ventricle, atrium, ventricle, a tachycardia that's running that's got one-to-one -one conduction, and it appears that the atrium is just happening just after the ventricle. So we've got a ventricle event and straight after it's going up to the atrium and the atrium event is happening. If we would call it a time difference, the time difference between the V to the A is maybe one or two squares, 20, 30 milliseconds. So we've got a VA interval of 20 to 30 milliseconds, a tachycardia that's running at around 168 beats a minute. And it seems to have started with an atrial sensed event. Is this traditional for VT to be like this? Is this common for VT to start with an atrial event? 
Certainly not. So what are our options? We're saying that this probably isn't VT. So what can it be? Can it be atrial tachycardia? Can it be an accessory pathway? Or can it be AVNRT, AV node reentry tachycardia? Now, another thing I want to point out is if we look on the shock EGM, the discriminator, we see that we've got a kind of what you could call maybe a Y complex QRS. But if we look back, not at the pace beat, but all the way back at the sense beat that we have here, it's not that far off. The QRS on the shock during, on the shock discriminator during the tachycardia seems to be very similar morphology, similar shape to that of the sense beat coming from the atrium, the normal sinus rhythm beat. Whereas if we look at the premature beat that we have here, the premature ventricular beat, the morphology looks a lot different, very different from the tachycardia. So that's another thing pointing against ventricular tachycardia is that the morphology seems to be more similar to that of an atrial sinus beat. So the QRS, which represents the contraction of the ventricle, seems to be very similar way of contracting to how it is in normal sinus rhythm and not when there's a ventricular premature beat. So what can we say about the tachycardia? It seems to be starting, it seems to have a very short V to A conduction. Now that could still be atrial tachycardia, but that generally is against AV, uh, AV reentry, which is an accessory pathway, WPW for example. Why? Because the atrium and the ventricles are both involved in the tachycardia and it has to go down, activate the ventricle, then go up the pathway or the bundle of his and activate the atrium. So there seems to be a circuit that's going that involves both the atrium and the ventricle in accessory pathway where usually you would see that the RP and the PR interval are being ventricle and P being atrium. So the VA or the AV interval is long. But here we have a short VA interval, which could show AVNRT. Now, how does AVNRT work? AVNRT has two pathways by the AV node that conducts down to the bundle of his and the ventricles. One is a fast pathway and one is a slow pathway where the electricity goes down the fast pathway. Now in that time it's refractory. Then another beat comes, a premature atrial beat comes and it goes down the slow pathway because the fast pathway is still refractory, it's still resting, it can't receive another signal. So it goes down the slow pathway. Now in the time it's gone down the slow pathway and it's still making its way to the ventricle, the refractory time of the fast pathway has finished. So that it it's available to give over a signal, to conduct electricity. So the signal goes back up 
the fast pathway, which is why we're seeing a very short VA. And the time it's going to the ventricle, it's also going back up to the atrium. And then it's going down the slow pathway again. And then it goes back up the fast pathway and down the slow pathway and up the fast pathway. This is extremely, extremely likely and typical of AVNRT. We've got a fast pathway and a slow pathway and typical AVNRT generally conducts from the, vent uh, from the atrium to the ventricle down the slow pathway and back up the fast pathway. Yes, there are cases of atypical AVNRT where it could go down the fast pathway and back up the slow pathway or even there's different an, uh, anatomy where they could have two slow pathways. So it could be slow, slow, and therefore it would look more like a long um, AV and long VA uh, interval kind of tachycardia. So this is, seems to be very typical of AVNRT and not VT. However, we can't rule out that it's not atrial tachycardia. That's coming from a drive focus in the atrium and conducting down the AV node with a long PR, with a long AV delay because the faster the heart rate is, the faster the stimulus on the atrium is, the AV node is more refractory and lengthens, decrements the AV delay. So we can't actually rule that out from here. It is very likely AVNRT, but we can't rule out from here yet that it's atrial tachycardia. So let's look how it's terminated. It terminates through ventricular pacing. So we see over here on the marker channel at the end of the event, V pacing, V pace, and we actually see that it's a wider complex to that of the uh, tachycardia. So we see that it's uh, very different the way how the ventricle is receiving its activation and the spreading of electricity in the ventricles, and it's pacing the ventricles. Now, what am I seeing here? I'm seeing two things here. One, the ventricles are being paced at a faster rate than the tachycardia, right? Now, if we look, the ventricles are being paced and being captured. However, the tachycardia is still running in the atrium at its own rate of the 373 milliseconds, 380 milliseconds, 388, 370, a bit of wobbling, 383, but it's still running in the atrium. Now, if the ventricles were involved in the tachycardia, i.e. it was an accessory pathway because an accessory pathway involves the ventricle muscle tissue itself, well then the atrium wouldn't be running at the same rate as the tachycardia. It will be running as the V pacing rate. The tachycardia would have all would have broken straight away or it would have broken straight away or it would have stopped running at its rate and join the rate of the ventricle, but it didn't for four beats over here. And then it breaks the tachycardia. Okay, so what we have here is another proof that it's not an accessory pathway. It's not a WPW or an AVRT, atrial ventricular reentry circuit. However, I can't say that this isn't atrial tachycardia, that it happens to be that the atrial tachycardia kept on running, 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 and all of a sudden broke here during the V pacing. I can't prove against it. Not from this uh, 
uh, EGM that we have on our current screen. So we have proven that it's not VT, and we have proven that it's not an accessory pathway. What could help us prove that it's not atrial tachycardia is the next screen I'm going to show you. So here we have a different event that happened that ended by itself. So we have the same tachycardia, we have a short VA interval with a long AV interval, okay? And how did the tachycardia end in this particular event? It terminated by itself. However, it didn't terminate in the ventricle, it terminated in the atrium. Now, if it was atrial tachycardia, what suddenly made it terminate in the atrium? Usually speaking, when we have atrial tachycardia, we wouldn't see it end on an atrial beat. Because if it ends on an atrial beat, it would usually be a premature atrial beat, but not a beat of tachycardia. And here we see that the intervals are exactly the same between each beat to each beat. So it's very highly unlikely that it's an atrial premature beat. So it's highly unlikely, and also the morphology looks very similar to that of the tachycardia on the atrial channel. So it's highly unlikely, it's not definite, but it's highly unlikely that we talk about atrial tachycardia here because if the atrium was running, it wouldn't just stop on an atrial beat without it being an atrial premature beat, a different focus that would make the initial focus that's running the tachycardia refractory need to rest. However, it's ending here in the atrium in our case, which is more likely pointing towards AVNRT. Now, one more question that I have left, seeing as we've now concluded that this is most likely AVNRT and not VT, why did the device think of it as VT and not AVNRT or SVT, as the devices can? And Boston Scientific have a great device that knows how to detect um, uh, the difference between SVT and VT. So number one I would like to point out is that it's using Rhythm ID. Now Rhythm ID is heavily based in the Boston Scientific Devices based on the morphology. So for some reason it's thinking here that the morphology is more um, suitable for VT, that it's a wider complex. I don't agree with it but that is what the machine is reading because it's based on the Rhythm ID um, uh, algorithm. Also another thing is when it starts off we said the VA interval is very short. So it, we see here that the atrial sense beats, yes they are being sensed but they're in brackets. In the Boston Scientific Device when it's in brackets it means that the atrial event is falling in the refractory, uh, the blanking sorry, the blanking period for the atrial channel. What is that all about? Well, when there's a ventricle event, it could be that the atrial lead is sensing what's actually happening in the ventricle and nothing is actually happening in the atrium. So in order to avoid that, for 30 to 50 to 100, it can be programmed milliseconds after the ventricle channel receives its contractions. It blanks anything in the atrial channel. So it's marking that it has actually felt something, but it's not counting it. It's put it in brackets. It says, I know it's there. I'm not counting it because I think that it's actually over-sensing of the ventricle channel. Now this is very important because 
if it's coming up in the blanking, well, then it's not going to detect it as an SVT. It's going to detect it as a VT because it's only counting what's happening on the ventricle channel and not on the atrial channel. And that's why it's detecting as VT and not SVT because it's falling in the blanking period. Um, I hope this episode has been really helpful to you. It's an interesting episode. We've looked at a VT episode where the patient received VT treatment and it helped him, but it wasn't VT. It was actually SVT and most likely AVNRT. These kind of tools and skills that we have and we develop is what makes it great to take from the device clinic a patient that could be symptomatic with these episodes and treat him in the EP lab. Because if we just knew this was a VT event, the type of treatment in the EP lab or medicine, medical therapy treatment that we would give him is totally, totally different from that of SVT and AVNRT, which is a much more simple ablation and can calm it down. And in this particular case, we took this patient to the EP lab for a SVT ablation. Why? Because he was symptomatic with this SVT. And we certainly didn't want him to have more of these events being recognized as VT. And in the future, it might the defibrillator implanted in him might not just give anti-tachycardic pacing, but it might also give him an electric shock. And that we certainly don't want an inappropriate electric shock in a patient. So this patient has an ablation, and yes, it was a successful AVNRT ablation. This is just another event that the patient had that I would like to share with you, where I just want to point out again one of the key factors for uh, diagnosing this not as VT but as AVNRT is that we have the fast pathway conduction with this atrial beat, and then we have an atrial premature beat that can't go down the fast pathway because it's refractory and it goes down the slow pathway, activating the tachycardia, uh, the tachycardia by going back up the fast pathway, which is now not refractory, and conducting down the slow, fast, slow, fast, and so on. So this is another event very similar to the previous event in the same patient. And it's very important to look out for these events and train ourselves and use our electrophysiology skills in recognizing in the device clinic events that when the device is called them VT, always ask, is this VT or not? Okay, thank you very, very much for today's episode. I just want to tell you that next week's episode is coming up. It's going to be looking at the uses of devices in the EP labs. So what does that mean? Maybe we can look at doing a minimal invasive or a non-invasive EP study in a patient without having to use catheters. It's a really great episode about doing EP studies through devices. I really look forward to speaking to you about that next week. Let me again point up please point out, please sign up to epme.me and you will get the free ultimate EKG cheat sheet. This is really the Swiss army knife of EKG cheat 
cheats. I really, really, really wish I had something like this when I was uh, starting to learn about EKGs and now you can. So sign up at epme.me and get your ultimate sheet today. Thank you very much and have a good week. This episode has come to a close. If you would like to get the ultimate ECG cheat sheet free and more valuable content, as well as notes from this and other episodes, please go to epme.me and subscribe. If you like this episode, please subscribe to this show on iTunes. Leave a rating and review. We'll really appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment below with your thoughts and remember to hit the like and subscribe to our channel.